So he really fell in love with Party Bus. And, you know, one day after a photo shoot, I went home and I get a call from him and he's like, hey, I need that dog. I want to bring him home with me. How much? I'm like, this is a million dollar dog. You cannot buy him. So we like to know that we're not just going to be sitting on puppies. We're not just going to be adding to the oversaturation that's happening in the community right now. We really want to make sure that what we're producing is quality and you know what people want. So I love you guys. I think it's so important to have um, a network such as you guys that really displays the positive sides of the bully community. Welcome to Bully Girl Magazine Podcast. I'm Gigi, your host, and today we are with our guest, the Who Barbie. Yay! Welcome. Thanks for joining. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great having you and Party Bus. That's Party Bus right there. Yes. Such a handsome boy. He's enjoying boy. a treat right now. <laughs> That's a great strategy. <laughs> so um, tell us all about him. So Party Bus is a hybrid bull. His dad is a French bulldog owned by Ruben Fry named Short Bus. And then his mom is an exotic bully that I bought in the beginning of our breeding career um, named Blue Bunny. She's heavy haze bloodline. And her dad, Hua, I had sneaking suspicions that he was 50% Frenchie. So I thought, what a better way to bring that out than to breed her back to a Frenchie. I love that. So you're a breather and tell us everything about your program. So we started breeding about eight years ago, my husband and I. Um, we weren't married then. We actually just got married this past December, but we started Yay. breeding together. Yeah, it's so exciting. We're so happy to finally be married. It feels like we always have fun. Um, so yeah, we started breeding eight years ago and we started with pocket bullies in Michigan um, just with some local bloodlines. And we quickly realized that we really wanted to do micros. Um, and we really loved French Bulldogs too. So we just kind of wanted to, for lack of a better term, create our own dog. <laughs> create the dog that we envisioned in our minds. And I think we got a lot of backlash and hatred in the beginning because we were mixing breeds. Um, but all along, you know, that's what anybody does to create an exotic bully is they're mixing breeds. So we weren't doing anything out of the norm. We were just being honest about it. Right. And which are the two breeds so everyone knows that you experimented or created with? French Bulldogs and, and exotic bullies have really been all that we've experimented with. We've tried to breed Bulldogs again and again with no luck. They are really a difficult breed to whelp. So we haven't had any luck with Bulldogs, but we've had tons and tons of luck and success with our hybrid bulls. And yeah, we are just so excited to continue with that lineage that we've been running. We love that. Listen, um, please tell us about, um, you know, you told me that you sold a big stud last year. Tell us about that. Yes. So I actually kind of have to start a little bit before that to preface the story. Um, so Party Bus and Yeti, I told you we created from Ruben Fry's French Bulldog Short Bus and our girl Blue Bunny. And when those puppies were born, I was heavily into the modeling industry. I've been a professional model for over 10 years. So when these puppies were born, they were exactly what we wanted. And I just took them with me everywhere. Party Bus and Yeti were our top two picks. So they went everywhere with me to every photo shoot, to every event after photo shoots. It was such great exposure for them. 
um, to get introduced to a higher level of clientele, if you will. So mm -hmm. I never intended on selling either Party Bus or Yeti, but I was getting offers left and right from famous people, rich people. I actually ended up selling their brother, um, they named him Bacon, to Two Pistols, who is a rapper that worked with Two Chains and other rappers like him. So it was really cool to have one of our first celebrity sales off of the hybrid litter. We sold another one to a rich family. And then, as I said, Party Bus and Yeti were our top two picks. So I had no intention on selling them. Um, everywhere we went though, everywhere I took them, every photo shoot, people were just all over them. Oh my gosh, I've never seen a dog like this before. I want them. I'm like, I'm sorry, they're not for sale. These are million dollar dogs. You can't buy them. These are million dollar dogs. You know, I was kind of talking them up a little bit. Um, and my manager was especially obsessed with party bus. And he would every single day, you got to sell them to me. I want to take them home. Cause as I'm shooting, he's the one that's playing with them, taking care of him, you know, on set, enjoying all the cuddles. So he really fell in love with party bus. And, you know, one day after a photo shoot, I went home and I get a call from him and he's like, Hey, I need that dog. I want to bring him home with me. How much? I'm like, this is a million dollar dog. You cannot buy him. Okay, so he hangs up, and then a couple of weeks later, he calls me again, and he's like, I really want Party Bus. Would you do 500000 And I had to mute the phone. I was like, wait a second, what is he talking about? Because I was kind of just talking shit, like, oh, this is a million-dollar dog, you know, because right. he just meant that much to me. And so I talked to my fiancé at the time, my now husband, and he was like, yeah, what are you talking about? Sell him if he's serious. So I took him off mute, and I said, if you're serious... Um, you know, we can talk terms, we can talk about it in person and figure something out. And he was totally serious. So the next time after a photo shoot that we had the opportunity to sit down and talk, I brought him one of my contracts. I said, you know, this is kind of how we do things. You have to place a deposit. It's not refundable. Um, he was also in real estate. So he was just about to sell a hotel in Panama. And I think his profits were going to be like 17 million or something. So he said, I will give you 50,000 now in a check on top of what I owe you for these last couple of photo shoots. So that's kind of how he wrote it off in his books was it was just another paycheck. And um, then he said that he would pay me 50K per month until that sale went through for his hotel chain. So it was maybe a month after he placed the deposit for Party Bus, he called me, he said, you know, I'm so sorry this has happened. I can no longer buy party bus. Something happened with the family and they were unable to take him. So I said, you know, that's completely understandable. And before I could even mention anything about the deposit, he said, you keep the deposit. And if you have a puppy in the future and we're able to take a puppy in the future, um, you know, just keep that and put it towards a future puppy. So I said, okay, no problem. I'm happy as pie. I get to keep my man and $50,000. I was extremely happy. So yeah. we ended up taking the money from that sale and we moved from our house in Grand Rapids and Party Bus bought us our house now. So I love well, that. Party yeah, Bus, go. He paid the deposit, <laughs> paying the bills. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> Good boy. So, we all need one. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes, we do. So it was about a year <laughs> after that. And actually, our previous house that we had bought in Grand Rapids, Michigan, one of our first studs that we purchased, Bojack, he's the one that bought us that house. So it was just... Our dogs buying I our love, houses for us is amazing. I love the name Bojack. Yeah. 
Yeah, have you heard of the cartoon BoJack Horseman? Absolutely, I'm an absolute fan. I cried with it, laughed with it. Oh yeah, so we named him BoJack yeah. Dogman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. Actually, yeah, actually, the the female that is pregnant right now and doing a couple of weeks is pregnant with Party Bus Puppies, and she is two times BoJack Dogman. So it's all of our blood finally coming together. We're so excited about it. Um, I love that. But congratulations! Back to the story of the big sale. Yeah. So about a year after my manager had placed the, the deposit for party bus, um, I had gotten pregnant. I stopped modeling. I had my baby. It was things were going great. And he calls me up out of the blue one day and says that one of his real estate friends that I had met among the years multiple times um, at different events and promotional events that he had put on, um, he loved Yeti. And I knew he loved Yeti. Everybody loved Yeti everywhere I went with him. And he was very adamant that he wanted this dog. He said he had been looking for like a year and didn't find anything that was even close to looking like him. And he wanted this dog. <laughs> so I told my manager, <laughs> to go ahead, give him my phone number. We could talk about it. But Yeti was our most working stud. So we had the most stud sales out on him that we had to honor. Um, he had a lot of confidential greetings out there. So to sell him would be a little bit more complicated. You know, we would have to buy out a lot of people from their stud credits that they had already locked in. And it would be disappointing for people as well. So we had to really consider it. And we went back and forth for a little while. I called him, we talked about it. We FaceTimed with Yeti and he lives up in Canada. So he wasn't able to visit him at the time, but um, we did a lot of FaceTime calls and we did a lot of negotiations. And finally we came to an agreement, 150,000. And he would also pay to buy out all of the stud credits that we had already had out there. So wow. we were like, okay, if you're serious, cause it just sounds <laughs> too good to be true. Um, you know, take a flight here. We'd like for you to fly here and pick him up so we can just make sure that he gets along with him. You know, it had been a long time since he saw him. I think since he right. was a puppy. Mm -hmm. And at this time yet he was almost two. So we were like, yeah, come down. We'll see how he gets along with you. We're like, this is our baby. We don't just want him to go with anybody. And you know, they, they got along great. And he wired us the money right then and there. We went down to the bank, made sure we could cash it. And yeah, it was a done deal. And actually now Yeti is just a pet and they fixed him. I love that. What a story. Yeah. That's an amazing story. And I love how all your dogs and the, the bloodline, your, your new line that you're creating. Um, that's yeah. amazing. That's been a long journey. Um, it has been. So Fetty the smallest bully in the world. Tell us about that, <laughs> maybe, please. Maybe. Yeah. So Fetty, before we sold Yeti, before it was even in the talks, we bred Yeti to a short bus daughter that we have. So now this is line breeding because Yeti was a short bus son with a different mom. And Lola was a short bus daughter with a different mom. Um, and they both, well, Lola has Bojack blood in her as well, which is very interesting. So, um, we bred them together and right after we got the offer on Yeti, we found out she was pregnant. So we, that made it a little easier to sell him, knowing that we would have in-house puppies off of him. We could keep a boy and kind of replace him in our program. And the boy we were actually planning on keeping was not Fetty. And we decided to keep Fetty just because he was so small and so unique looking as a puppy, but we didn't really think he would turn out to be much. We're like, we might have to pet home this dog if he doesn't turn out right. And mm -hmm. he just got better and better and better over time. So we were like, oh my gosh, is this our next stud? So we sold the original 
dog that we were going to keep and we kept Fetty instead. And he is now 10 months old. Yep. 10 months old. And he is just the smallest little guy. I was going to bring him on today, but we're going to debut him at James Cosby's Wow Factor show. So we're really mm-hmm. excited about that. But he is Party Bus's nephew and he is half the size of Party Bus. And I mean, Party Bus is a little guy. He's 10 and a half inches tall. He's a little boy. But Fetty, yeah. I mean, I can carry him around like this just in my hand. He's so little. He could fit in every single one of my purses. I'm like, yes, I just want a purse dog. <laughs> oh, my. I love that. Yeah. That must be amazing. Yeah. So tell us about your program from start to finish. Uh, when someone purchases a dog, walk us through the process of, of getting one of your dogs. Yeah, of course. So throughout the years, we've kind of honed in what works for us. In the beginning, it was a little bit crazy (laughs) getting a dog from us. It wasn't as smooth as it is now. Um, Now, basically what we do before we do any breedings, we try to promote the breeding and we will start a waiting list. So right now our waiting lists, you know, for each litter average about 20 people per waiting list. So we like to know that we're not just going to be sitting on puppies. We're not just going to be adding to the oversaturation that's happening in the community right now. We really want to make sure that what we're producing is quality and, you know, what people want. So it all starts with just getting on one of our waiting lists. And um, it's super easy. People just reach out to me and say, hey, I'm interested in this breeding I saw you're promoting and I would like to be on the waiting list. So I'll let them know the prices of the puppies, you know, price range generally. And... <laughs> then I'll keep them updated. I'll keep them updated as the pregnancy goes on or, or as um, the breeding is complete. So I'll just send a mass update to everybody on the list saying, hey, she's confirmed pregnant. This is the due date. And then ask if they would like to continue to receive updates. And then if they do, um, then I'll update them when the litter is born. And then when the puppies are between one to two weeks old, we'll start taking deposits Um, We'll send anyone that's still interested our contract to look over before they send their deposit. Um, They'll send their deposit and then they have until the puppies are about eight to 10 weeks old to pay them off. Anything past that, we normally charge a boarding fee or something Um, just because we're training them during that time. We're feeding them. You know, they're ready to go by eight weeks. So if they're not paid off by then, we just charge a small boarding fee to continue to house them. Um, And then after that point, yeah, after that point. However they want to pick up the puppy or deliver the puppy, we arrange any shipment options that they would like. I like to personally fly the puppies to them, but if that's unable to happen, um, then normally we'll hire a flight nanny. Oh, that's great. And so you're having a delivery in an upcoming birth in two weeks. Um, Yes. there, there is already a group of 20 people waiting for that leader. I actually have 40 people on this waiting list. Average, we normally do about 20, but I have a lot of people waiting for party bus puppies. So yeah, right now it's about 40 people on the waiting list. And unfortunately, she doesn't have 40 puppies. So <laughs> well, she's the vet says she probably has six to eight puppies. And I know we plan to keep at least one or two. So that will leave, you know, four to six puppies available. Um, Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, generally the last picks will let go first. And then the top two picks left available um, will do either some type of auction on them or let people bid on them. Um, Mm -hmm. We just want to make sure they go to the best homes possible with the best people. And the people that want them are going to treat them well. 
I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, what's the procedure for someone applying, you know, to get the puppy? Do you do any background checks? How, how is that part? We don't do any background checks, um, but we do ask for references. You know, mm -hmm. I want to know that there's people that will vouch for you. We'll do some FaceTimes. I ideally would love to do a home visit, but because we sell the people all over the world, it's just impossible to do a home visit with everyone. So we'll do some FaceTimes and things like that. We'll FaceTime so they can see the puppy, they understand what they're getting. We'll let them see the parents if we have both parents here, or at least just the mom. But in this case, we do have both of the parents. So everybody's already been able to FaceTime with them and, and decide that this is the puppy that they do want. I love that. So how many type of dogs are you breeding right now? So right now we do um, exotic bullies. We do American bullies. We do chow chow. Well, chow lions is our newest adventure. So our girl Coco should be in heat anytime now. I'm sitting on pins and needles waiting for her to come into heat. And we will be breeding her to one of the only chow lions in the United States. And his name is MGM Grand. Wow. So I we love are, that. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We also have an English bulldog who we have been trying to breed, but no luck there. So mostly yeah. I would say um, the exotic bullies, the hybrid bulls, and then the chow chows coming up. I love that. So yeah. what inspired you to get involved with those particular breeds? Um, I just think they're cute, chunky faces. <laughs> you know, we started with the classic American bully. Um, I say classic, the pocket American bully. And I think we just quickly realized, you know, I already had had a chihuahua, um, a rescue chihuahua who I still have. He's 12 years old. He's an old man. He runs mm -hmm. the house. Um, but I like small dogs. I don't know, small dogs, small poops. It's not that, that <laughs> right. much difficult to pick them up. Um, yeah. I like to carry them around in my purse. I like to take them everywhere I go. And bigger dogs, it's just not that easy. So mm -hmm. I think... Um, pretty much right after we got our, our pocket boy and he was still a puppy and we started researching into the bully community and started really doing our homework on how to breed and what to breed. We decided, you know, we needed a clear vision of what we wanted. So we weren't just throwing dogs together and making puppies. And, you know, we really wanted to create dogs for us. And we knew that if we loved the dogs we were creating, so would other people. So I think right in Absolutely. the beginning, we decided we wanted to go smaller. And right in the beginning, we decided we wanted to mix the French Bulldog with the exotic bully. We just wanted to do it in a way that was honest. People knew what was in their pedigrees and, um, and healthy. You know, health is mm -hmm. the number one important thing to us for our dogs because we want them to live long lives. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. this is a great question. Do you test your breeding dogs for genetic health conditions? And what specific tests do you perform? Yeah, so we obviously do all health testing through our vet, but we also do Embark health testing. So they do a breed specific um, health testing. And honestly, I couldn't tell you what the results mean. I just take them to my vet. I'm like, tell me what it means. <laughs> but we <laughs> right. just... The breed-specific health tests through Embark are great because they already know specifically what that breed could have issues with. So mm -hmm. breed-specific health tests through Embark are just, I mean, they're, they're the best. Anybody who wants to health test their dogs should definitely do Embark testing. I love that. So uh, what do you do to socialize your puppies and prepare them for their new homes? Yeah, so 
in the beginning, I was telling you how I would take them to photo shoots with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And since I'm not modeling so much anymore, I just got back into it. Um, after having my baby, she is almost a year and a half old now. Um, Congratulations. So I it was time. Thanks. I figured it was time for me to get back into it. Um, so I just, I take them everywhere with me. I travel a lot for work. I take them on the planes with me through the airports and restaurants, movie theaters, literally everywhere we go. We have at least one dog with us and we try to rotate them. You know, we don't want one to feel like they're the favorite. So we rotate right. them throughout. And then we also have a lot of friends over all the time and socializing through that. We have them bring their dogs, stay for the weekend. Um, we just really like for them to be socialized with all animals. We also have a cat and a snake. So, you know, they're very well socialized with kids and other animals and people. So it's just great, I think, to get them out in the world, out of your house mm -hmm. and just have them interacting in all types of scenarios. I love that. Yeah. And it's so important. Um, and these are dogs that are like a little bit used to, you know, the show business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're used to all eyes on them. <laughs> I love that. So yes. what is your favorite bloodline? I think, you know, we really started in the micro class with Hayes blood. And I know it's not maybe as popular now as it used to be, um, just because there's so many new dogs out there these days. But Hayes has to definitely be my favorite. I think just with the structure and the size and the head shape and the functionality that his blood brings to the table. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's heavy in him, too. So even my hybrids have heavy Hayes blood in them, um, which is something I'm trying to bring back to the front with this current breeding that I have. Um, that's due in a couple mm -hmm. of weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, what are some common misconceptions about the bully breed in your opinion? And how do you address them with potential puppy buyers and the public? Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the bully breed. Um, the main one obviously being that they're aggressive, which is just the most untrue thing about them. <laughs> they are a very emotional breed. So I think they they pick up easily on your emotions. So if you're upset, they're immediately kind of stiff and upset themselves. But if you're relaxed and you're happy, they're relaxed and happy as well. So I think, yeah, that misconception that they can be mean, I think it's it's all about how the owner trains them and treats them. You know, they, they give what they get at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other biggest misconception is their health. Um, and, mm -hmm. and this can be actually a misconception across many breeds that aren't bred correctly or aren't bred with their health in mind. You know, with German Shepherds, you see a lot of hip dysplasia and things like that um, causing arthritis down the line. But, you know, it's not something that's common with the breed. It's something that's common with bad breeding practices. So I mm -hmm. think the same can be said for the bully breeds. You know, if you are not health testing your dogs, if you are breeding dogs, regardless of, you know, maybe they have closed nares or hocked feet or, you know, hip dysplasia or something, and you decide to breed them anyway, it's going to pass mm -hmm. that down to their puppies. And then if you sell those puppies to people who plan on breeding, you know, it can get out of control really, really quickly. So I think um, the misconception is that all bully breeds are unhealthy and, and that's not true. We take our dogs hiking during the summer and they'll hike with us for three, four miles, no problem. Where, you know, <laughs> better than me when I started, I was like, what are we doing? 
<laughs> but it's good for them. It's good for us. And, um, you know, I think a lot of bullies out there probably couldn't do it just because of these underlying health conditions that they have that people aren't taking into consideration when they're breeding them. Absolutely. So in relation to this, do you, in case something happens, do you offer any health guarantees or support for your puppies after they go to their new homes? Yes, yes, we do. So depending on um, the price point, if we sell a puppy to a pet home, we don't offer a health guarantee because most of the time if we're selling to a pet home, it's because that dog doesn't meet breeding standards or meet show mm -hmm. standards. So there could be an underlying health condition or maybe we just don't like the way their feet sit or something like that. We just don't believe it should be bred and it, it maybe might not be the healthiest of the bunch. Um, so for pet home dogs, we don't offer a health guarantee, but if it is a show dog or a breeding dog, we offer a six month to one year health guarantee, depending on the plan that they choose. And um, that dog will come completely health tested when they receive it. So they know it's in perfect health when they receive it. And they have a couple of days to get it into their vet to get checked out as well. And if the vet finds, oh, there's something wrong here or something underlying that's genetic we will cover it we will either offer a refund or we will take the puppy back and replace it with a healthy one so that's the buyer's choice at that point okay so you mentioned shows do you currently show any of your dogs so shows have been kind of difficult for us these past couple of years with my being pregnant and us moving and having litters at just the worst times possible um, we do try to get to as many shows as we can. And this year, I actually have a handler that will be showing our dogs for us. I like to just leave it in the hands of the professionals. You know, I think I could do it and I have done it in the past, but I just think, you know, somebody who has a lot more experience handling and showing could do a much better job than I could. And, um, you know, my expertise is the marketing you know, putting the breed the breeds together, putting the dogs together, matching them up, whelping, things like that. But, you know, I think a lot of the time in the bully community, people try to do too many things themselves and you can't be a master of everything. So I just want my dogs to have the best opportunities. And I think sometimes you just need to hire people. You need to be humble and say, okay, I'm not the best at this. So I'm going to hire somebody who is the best at this to take it from here. And um, so, yeah, this year we have hired a handler and we will be going to as many shows as we possibly can. Rumble in the Jungle was just yesterday and we were super sad we couldn't make it. That's normally a show we always go to. And this year it just wasn't in the cards for us. But mm. the Wow Factor show is coming up. We're super excited about that. Frenchie Wars is coming up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I will be going to that and bringing Party Bus with me. So there's also um, what's there's there's a few shows this year that we will be attending and, and showing Party Bus and hopefully Fetty as well. I love that. Party Bus yeah. and Fetty's debut. Um, so listen, uh, who do you look up to in the bully game and why? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people to look up to. And I think there's also a lot of people that people look up to that maybe they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I won't talk on that so much just because I think mm -hmm. um, I think what makes a good breeder is a different definition for everybody. But for me, I think somebody who looks out for the dog's health, the dog's well-being and creating better dogs. And for me, that person 
well, there's a few people, but Ruben Fry is just an amazing breeder. He's an amazing business person. He's been doing this, I don't even know how long, maybe 15 years he's been breeding dogs. And every single dog that I see come out of his camp is healthy and functional and beautiful and unique. And he's really adding to the bully community. And I have so much respect for that. He's a true creator. And he and I were talking about this the other day, how breeding is so much more than just putting dogs together. You know, you are creating something. And I feel like in order to be a really good breeder, you kind of have to be an artist. You need to understand what traits from the dogs go together. You can't just breed two nice dogs that both look nice in their own respects and expect they're going to have, you know, the next best thing as far as puppies go. You know, you really mm -hmm. need to have that eye for creativity and create something amazing because in order to be successful in this community, you need to create something that is not only healthy and beautiful, but is unique. And mm -hmm. I think Ruben Fry does that. And another person I really look up to is the creator of Bolo. And he really doesn't get the recognition that he should. He sold Bolo as a puppy. And after he sold him as a puppy, he was sold a couple of more times for large amounts of money. And I think the last time he was sold, he was sold for a million dollars. But the creator of Bolo really doesn't get the, rec the recognition for that at all. His name is Richard Salzar. And he is a creator as well. He has created some magnificent dogs. And I was saying this the other day. It's, it's so funny. You can make a famous dog in the bully world. Everyone knows Bolo. He is so famous. Um, you can make a famous dog in the bully world and not make any money from it. Or you can make no famous dogs in the bully world and make a lot of money from it. You know, Yeti, he was well known in our area. And I think in the United States, many people knew him, but I wouldn't say he was famous and I made a ton of money from him and even party bus. Um, but Richard really didn't seem much more than a dime for Bolo. So it's, it's just interesting how the community works and, and, and where the recognition falls sometimes. I love that. Yeah. That's so important. And mm -hmm. well, last but not least, what do you think of Bully Girl Magazine? I love you guys. I think it's so important to have um, a network such as you guys that really displays the positive sides of the bully community. You know, Facebook and all these other social media sites, you know, there's a lot of misinformation going around and it's so easy um, to get caught up in the drama on those platforms. So I think mm -hmm. to have a platform such as you guys do, where you guys are spreading positivity and knowledge, it's just so important. It's so valuable to the bully community. And I think it's something that we really needed to come together as a community. I love that. I love that. And we are so excited to have you here today. Um, how can yeah. people reach you? Um, so people can reach me through my Instagram at the Bull Barbie. You guys can also find me on Facebook, Bull Barbie. And my website is down currently, but it is ittybittybulls.com. And then our kennel page on Instagram is also at itty.bitty.bulls. Okay, so guys, you know where to reach Double Barbie. Thanks for joining and thanks to our lovely audience for joining. Don't forget to follow Bully Girl Mag on Instagram. Visit PGM Warehouse to get some awesome Bully Breed apparel. And don't forget to purchase the latest issue of Bully Girl Magazine. Thanks for joining Bull Barbie.
Thank you. Bye.